Bibles to Mark chapter 4, please. Mark chapter 4. I'm going to begin reading this morning with verse number 14. Mark chapter 4 and verse number 14. Amen. Somebody says, do you know what time it is? Uh, it's 1043 according to this clock. I don't... <laughs> Amen. Amen. We are, we are, we are, have been preaching the last couple of services on the parable of the sower that Jesus gave here. And uh, this parable of the sower, could I get a little more monitor, Brother Terry? <clears throat> the parable of the sower. And uh, um, we have talked about the, the, the seed, which is the Word of God. The soil or the sower, which is Jesus and which is also you and I, are the sowers to sow the seed of the word. Talked about that last week. But um, we're going to deal with today the, the, the third and final element in receiving a crop. Because we said those, there's three elements that are involved in receiving a crop and having a crop, and bearing fruit, and being fruitful. <clears throat> and that is you have to have a seed, you have, which is the Word of God. You have to have someone to sow and to plant the seed. And there has to be soil for the seed to be planted in. The soil is you and I. Amen. So I'm sowing some seed this morning into the soil of your heart. Let's look in verse 14 of Mark chapter 4. It says, The sower soweth the word. The sower soweth the word. And these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word immediately receive it with gladness. And they have no root in themselves. And so endure for a time... And afterward, when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, <clears throat> immediately they are offended. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lusts of other things entering in, notice that, entering in, choke the word and it becomes unfruitful and these are they which are sown on good ground such as hear the word and receive it and bring forth fruit some thirtyfold some sixty and some a hundred thank God there's some good ground that the seed will get on amen so we have the seed which is the word of God we talked about the seed and how there's life in the seed and that the Bible says that the Word of God is the incorruptible seed of God. When the seed of God's Word is sown in a heart, it will bring life when it's received. It'll bring life. There's life in the seed of the gospel. And then we talked about the sower, the individual that has to share the gospel, to sow the gospel, to plant the seed. And in Bible days, when Jesus gave this parable, 
Of course, they didn't have farm equipment like they have today that will go through the field and put that seed down in the ground. It was more of the sower broadcasting the seed and scattering the seed. And so the seed would fall on various types of ground and various types of soil. And these four soils are mentioned here in this parable. And it's something that this is something that determines the crop and what kind of harvest there's going to be, and that is the soil that the seed is sown in. And Jesus gives four different types of soil, and these four soils picture the four classes of hearers that are to be found in every congregation. Now, I've read this to you from the Scriptures and, and, and told you these four, read to you these four soils that Jesus list, listed, and these represent my audience today. These, these soils represent you and represent me. It's the soil of your heart. And these four different soils that were given by Jesus, all four of these types of soils are here in this service this morning. I pray all the time, Lord, let the seed of your word this morning fall on good ground. Let the hearts of your people be prepared. Let it be good ground so that the seed will bring forth fruit. But God, we, we have to know, we have to be aware of the fact that in every congregation, in every church, there are these four different types of soil that Jesus mentioned here. The first type of soil that he mentioned where the seed of the Word would fall and where the seed of the Word would, would find a place would be, he said, those, he said some of it fell by the wayside. It was wayside soil. Now that, that wayside soil, he mentioned it in verse 15. He said that these are the ones by the wayside where the Word is sown, but when they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the Word that was sown in their hearts. The wayside soil that he referred to here were the paths of the, the footpaths that went around the fields and some of those footpaths in those times and Bible lands actually went through the fields where, where people, you know, it was not kind of like, not like it was or like it is here in America, but um, the footpaths would go around those fields and people would walk through the fields and where they had walked and where those footpaths are, the soil had been trampled down and made hard. You know what it is to have a path that goes through your yard or through the woods where everybody walks on or a bike trail. It's that, that particular soil gets trampled down and it becomes hard. And the seed is sown upon that ground and it really doesn't have any way to get down into the ground because the soil is hard. And this particular type of soil, the wayside soil that Jesus mentioned here, represents a heart that has become hardened to the gospel or to the Word of God. Brother Rick, do you think that there are, soil, that there are individuals in this service this morning that have that type of soil that's, whose hearts have become hardened toward the gospel? I would have to say that if what Jesus said is true, that yes, there are some of those types of soil here in Abundant Life Family Church this morning. 
Because listen to me, there are a lot of people today that have hardened their heart toward the gospel. You know, we're living in a nation today in America, in a Christian nation, but much of this nation has become gospel hardened. People don't, don't receive the gospel or receive the word of God as they used to or as they one time did. But on this, on this wayside soil, the seed just lays on the surface. And the Bible said, Jesus said that the fowls of the air come and they, they gobble up the seed. They snatch the seed away. And Jesus said that that was the devil. He comes in then and takes the seed that was sown out of their heart before it ever has a chance to do any good, before it can even get in there and, and produce anything in their life. And as we've already said, before the seed can produce, it has to get inside the heart. It has to be received. It has to come into good ground and into good soil. And so many people today uh, sit in a church service on a Sunday morning and while the preacher's preaching, they're busy doing something else. They're not really paying much attention. They may be planning a business deal for that week or thinking about some social event that they're going to go to in the afternoon or some kind of party that they've got planned or a trip they're going to take. Some may be even sitting there saying, you know, I don't know, what are we going to have for lunch today? Where are we going to go for lunch and then I'm sure there are those saying like I said earlier doesn't he know that it's almost 12 o'clock and he's still preaching well if you've got that kind of attitude today you've got some heart you're not receiving you're not ready to receive the seed of the word of God can I get an amen but it's in those kind of soils, that wayside soil that Jesus mentioned pictures the heart that is not at all interested in the Word of God. They may, you know, those individuals may be interested in politics, and uh, I get so tired of that on Facebook. I'll just throw that in. Interested in politics, interested in sports, interested in business, interested in a lot of other earthly matters, but just don't have very much interest in the Word of God. You know, there's people today that will come to church for a dinner, for a banquet, for a supper, for an entertainment, but they won't come to church for a good old-fashioned revival or a Bible conference. Well, that kind of points to the fact that maybe their heart is just a little bit hard. They don't have an interest in the Word of God. See, when you and I have an interest in the Word, when we're hungry for the Word, when we want the Word, there's not going to be anything that's going to keep us from coming with our Bibles and receiving the seed of the Word of God. Come on, amen? Oh, I think the Holy Spirit needs to run a, a, a plow over our hearts and break up the fallow ground, as the Bible says, and not sow among thorns, but have our hearts ready and prepared to receive the seed that God wants to sow in our hearts. In this wayside soil, in this hard-hearted soil, the seed just never gets in. It never penetrates. It lays on the surface. Now, that's not my fault. Amen? 
Don't point your finger at me. I'm the sower. You can't blame the sower. You can't blame the seed. It's not the seed's fault, but it's the soil's fault. It's the soil that determines what the seed produces, whether or not the seed gets in there or not. And so many people today have just become gospel hardened. That's the reason God said in His Word, in Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 15, God says, Today, if you will hear His voice, harden not your heart. There's that danger of our hearts becoming hardened to the gospel, hardened to the word of the Lord. Oh, if there's anything that we need today, we need to keep our hearts softened and prepared to receive the word of the Lord and to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to us and to the church and to be obedient to the word of God. If you want to be a fruitful Christian, the Word has got to get in your heart and in your soul. Can I get an amen today? Praise God. Well, the devil is there. Jesus said that this wayside soil, when the seed is sown on the wayside, that the seed just lays there on top of the ground and that the fowls of the air come and they devour the seed away. He said that those fowls were the devil. Those fowls were Satan. And Satan is there to snatch the seed, to gobble it up as it lies there on the surface. See, the problem with the wayside soil is that the seed of the Word never does penetrate. It never gets inside. And that is Satan. Listen, this is Satan's job. It's his program. It's his work. He works overtime to do this. Do you know, do you know, do you know that the devil goes to church on Sunday amen he's not down at the beer joint he's down there on Saturday night but he comes on Sunday morning to church for one purpose and you know what that is he wants to make sure that he can do everything he can to get the message that was preached the seed that was sown out of your heart before you even get into the parking lot and get in your car that's the part that yeah that's what he's out to do that's the program of Satan that's his work Jesus said is to devour the seed to take the seed of the word of God away from people listen Satan always fights back quickly Jesus said that as soon as the word the seed of the word was preached and sown that the fowls of the air come quickly they come immediately to do what they can do to take away the word he's not going to wait even till you get home he's working right now to try to steal the word of God from your heart you've got to say no way devil I'm not listening to you I'm paying attention to what Pastor Rick's got to say Lord open my heart open my heart open my heart to receive the seed of the word of God amen you know the thing is Satan knows the importance of the word of God more than most Christians do that's why he's there on the scene to try to steal that word out of your heart because the devil has enough sense to know that if you hear the message you receive the message you apply the message that it's going to be a change in your life 
And he says, if I can get it out of their heart before they receive it, I can keep life change from happening. But, oh, I made up my mind, amen, and you need to make up your mind. Every day I'm going to get in, in the Word of God and let God, the Holy Spirit, sow and plant the seed of the Word in my heart. And, devil, you ain't getting my seed. You ain't getting my Word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord, open our eyes and our hearts to the Word of God. Amen. And when the enemy comes and steals the seed, that quickly, that fast, that it never, it never changes our life. It never affects us in any way. And Sister uh, Morgan made that statement this morning about the power of choice. And see, here's the thing. You can't lay this off on the devil you can't just say, well, you know, the devil, he just came by and just took the word right out of my heart. I just didn't, you know, he just came by and snatched it away from me while, while, Pastor, Wick was, while Pastor Wick was preaching. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, praise the Lord. <laughs> I told somebody the other day, you know, if I... I always tell people this when I'm doing a wedding rehearsal. I say, you know, now tomorrow in the wedding, if anybody makes a mistake, it'll probably be me. And if it's me, I'm just going to keep going. So we're just going to keep going. But you have the power of choice. I have the power of choice. God has given us the power of choice. And we can prevent Satan. We, we don't have to allow the enemy to steal the Word of God from our heart. That's why Jesus said in this parable, and we've talked about it already, He said, be careful how you hear. He said, he that has an ear, let him hear. In other words, it's your choice. You have to make the decision whether you hear and hear right and receive the the Word of God. God has given you the choice. So you need to make the choice when you come to church, when you get up on Sunday morning, Sunday night on your way, Wednesday night, every service, make that predetermination and that choice. I'm going tonight to receive something from the Word of God. I'm going, Lord, open my ears and open my heart. I don't want a hardened heart. Make my heart soft. Make my heart tender. Make my heart to receive and be receptive to the Word of God. Amen? Well, praise the Lord. But that's the wayside soil. It's the hard heart. But then Jesus said that some fell on stony ground. Stony ground represents a shallow heart. In verse 16, he says, These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground, who when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness, and they have no root in themselves. Notice that. They have no root in themselves, and so endure only for a time. Afterwards... When Notice this, when tribulation, it didn't say if tribulation, did you notice that? But when tribulation or persecution arise for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Immediately they are offended. Um, Luke says immediately they fall, they fall away. See, this is the, 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 the shallow heart, the shallow soil. It's the stony ground. doesn't mean that it's ground that has a lot of rocks here and there. But the stony ground that Jesus was talking about was the ground that underneath the surface, maybe an inch and a half or two inches underneath the surface, that there was a limestone rock ledge under there. 
You couldn't see it. I mean, there was some topsoil on that, but underneath was just a ledge of rock. And that's what Jesus was referring to here. And when that seed is sown on that stony ground, the Bible says, Jesus said that the, that the soil is, is fertile, the soil is moist, and the soil immediately receives the seed. And it says that the seed springs up immediately. Jesus said, these are those who receive the word with joy. These are those who are shouting amen and clapping and praising the Lord and receiving the word with joy. There's a response to the word. There's a response to the seed. They receive the seed. They come forward. They may get emotional. They may praise the Lord. They may shout. Sometimes they may even fall out in the spirit. Amen. They may be born again and experience the new birth and have great joy and show great promise and it's evident in their life that they have received something from the Lord that the word has taken has taken a place in their heart and they have got something from God and they look so promising and they look like and you think man they're going to they're going to make it they're going to stay in there but here's the problem they just don't last because Jesus said there is no root that that plant begins to come up and the roots begin to go down and they have a good beginning but uh, but it go the roots only go down so far and then they begin to hit that rock ledge there's not any place for it to go. There's not any rooting or grounding in their lives. Can I get an amen? Everything about them is all emotional. And, 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 and they just don't last. Because when the emotions are gone, they fall away by the wayside. And can I tell you something this morning, ladies and gentlemen? Here in this service today, we have experienced some emotions. I'm not talking about emotionalism. I'm talking about we have anytime you're in a place where the Holy Spirit is moving, He's going to affect your emotions. Can I get an amen? One of the fruit of the Spirit is joy and peace, you know, and love. There's emotions that we have when the Holy Spirit moves upon us. But can I tell you that your experience with the Lord and my experience with the Lord cannot be purely a purely emotional experience. Amen? Your experience cannot be based purely on what you feel or what you're experiencing. Amen. Thank God for that joy. But can I tell you something? There's going to come a day along the line that the devil is going to come with persecution. He will come, Jesus said, with affliction. There will be tribulation. There will be troubles that will come your way. Can I get an amen? Y'all quit shouting on me now. Huh? Because it doesn't, you know, getting saved does not mean that you're going to have a bed of roses and float through life on, uh, uh, on flowery beds of ease. That you're never going to have another problem and never going to have another trouble. Jesus said that. 
that persecution, affliction, and, and, and tribulation would come because of the Word's sake. What is it? It's Why do those things come? Again, it's Satan attempting to steal the Word from your life. Hallelujah. You've accepted the Lord. You've made a move toward God. You, you, you've decided to live for Jesus. And, and you know, you've experienced the joy. You've experienced the peace. You've experienced the emotion. You're, you're walking on cloud nine. But can I tell you something? You can't live on that emotion because the problems are going to come and the enemy is going to attack. And if you don't have a root system, if you're if you're shy, in your belief system then you're going to fall away when the trouble comes amen see I want to try to prevent that but I've I've saw that so much in the lives of individuals where they just don't last they wind up as Jesus said falling by the wayside and I'm not against being emotional I guess you can tell that this morning by my preaching I'm not against being emotional at all. I get emotional. I, I, I always, as I said earlier, I believe that when you come in contact with the presence of God, with the power of God, with the Spirit of God, that there will be some emotion. But if your experience with Jesus Christ is just purely and only an emotional experience, that's not going to last because feelings are flaky. Amen? They are fickle. Amen? Feelings come and feelings go. Praise God. But, amen, it's like that song that, that, that Katie sang a while ago. You know, whether or not God moves that mountain, you, if you are truly rooted, those who truly have their roots down in the Word of God in Christ Jesus are still going to be standing strong and trust in God no matter what the enemy brings their way. Amen? Hallelujah. But when those emotions come, thank God for them. When those feelings are there, we, we thank the Lord for feeling the presence of God and sensing the presence of God. But they're going to leave, and there's going to be times that we're going to have to stand without feeling nothing. There's going to be times that we have to stand and face the pressures of life and the problems of life and the afflictions of life that come our way. And, and, and let me just throw this in. Jesus mentioned there that one of the things that would come that would try to steal the word out of our heart would be persecution. Now we've been we've really been fortunate in this nation and we've been protected. But I'm going to tell you, I'm just going to give you, I'm not being, I'm not being a, uh, a killjoy here today or a prophet of doom and gloom. But I am going to tell you something today that I, that I know, that I know that is coming. And there is persecution right here in the United States that's going to come to the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you ever get in, if you've ever gotten in and gotten your roots down, it better be now. Because those who are not rooted and those who are not grounded when the when the storms come and the persecution come you're going to be like the one like this plant in this parable you're not going to be able to stand I want everybody here at Abundant Life Family Church to be steadfast immovable always abounding in the Lord Jesus Christ no matter the storm that comes no matter the trials that come no matter the tests that come that we will be founded on the Lord Jesus Christ and rooted and grounded in Him and in
in His Word. Those early Christians, you know, in the, in the early church, they went through so much and were persecuted so much. But boy, I tell you, they had a firm foundation. They would not give up and they would not give in. Can I get an amen? Hallelujah. Jesus said that these individuals have no root in themselves in verse 17. And so they endure only for a time. Notice that. They endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. They receive the word quickly, but it also they also forsook the word quickly. They were quick to respond, but they were also quick to fall away. Kind of like Hosea mentioned the people of Israel and Ephraim. In Hosea 6 and 4, here's what he said about the people of God. He said, for your faithfulness is like the morning cloud, and like the early dew, it goes away. I've seen so many Christians like that in my ministry and in my life. Amen? Jesus said that in time of temptation, they fall away. You may have a few problems. You may be going through some difficult times. You come to the Lord and you get saved. And, and man, you're enjoying the blessings of the Lord. But has anybody ever, ever experienced? Do you remember, if you can remember back to when you got saved, when you first gave your heart to the Lord? It seemed like you'd go along there for a little while just enjoying the blessings of the Lord, and then boom, all of a sudden, everything turned upside down. It seemed like that the devil had just unleashed all hell against your life. You know what it is? You know why that is? And the Lord allows that because Satan is trying to steal the Word out of your heart. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. See, that's why the soil of our heart has to be right. It has to be prepared. It has to give Get the seed down in there so we can have root. Amen? Satan is after that word. He's trying to get you to quit. You know, if a person, you know, if a person couldn't stop believing and turn back on God, what would even be Satan's purpose in trying to bring them back into the world? Listen to me, saints. Don't be a temporary Christian that only endures for as long as you feel good. When persecution comes, or trials come, then you're ready to quit. Don't be that kind of a Christian. Amen. There are some that, that when, the, when it gets tough and it gets tight, they're ready to fall away. Don't be that kind of a Christian, but be rooted, be grounded in the Word of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Make up your mind that this year, 2019, I may have been in and out in the past. I may have been wishy-washy in the past, but I'm breaking away all that bedrock under there, and I'm going to let the roots of my Christian life go deeper than they've ever been. By the help and the grace of God, I will be what God wants me to be in this coming year. I will serve the Lord. With all of my heart. you got to mean business with God. Because I'm going to tell you, the devil means business. You better mean business with God. Amen? you got to be more than an inch and a half deep. Shallow Christianity. i got to move on. I could preach all day on that, but i got to move. The first soil... The word couldn't get in. The second soil, 
the word couldn't get down. The first soil, there was no reception. The second soil, there was no root. But now let's look at this third soil. I won't spend a lot of time here. I could, I could, I could preach four messages on this. But the third soil is that soil that has some thorns in it. Brother John cut our rose bushes down out there around that, around that sign last year because I'm going to tell you what. Those thorns would overtake everything. You get out there trying to change that sign and those thorns would tear you up. But here was some seed, Jesus said, some of the seed fell among thorns, verse 18, 19. And these are the ones, Jesus said, who hear the word. And notice this, what are these thorns? He said, the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desire for other things enter in and choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. The word gets in. Are you listening? The word gets in, and the word gets down, and the word starts to produce. But the problem with this soil is there's a rival crop that is in the heart that's, that's trying to choke out the Word of God, which is represented by thorns. Now, thorns, you know, thorns were a result and an emblem of the curse. When God cursed the earth, it began to bring forth thorns. And can I tell you something? That thorns in this parable represent a curse to your life as well. Because you cannot, listen to me, I'm preaching better than your amen. You cannot have a rival crop in your heart and, and think that you can have the Word and something else growing at the same time. There are thorns that will choke out the Word. And I see this in so many lives. This is the divided heart. Are you listening to me? See, the first soil, there was no reception. In the second soil, there was no root. But in this third soil, there's no room. The heart is so crowded with every other thing. This divided heart is the person who wants the good seed and wants the thorns and the brambles at the same time. They want the Word but they want some other stuff the things of the world at the same time. A crop, they, they want a crop but they want their crop to come up among weeds. Can I tell you something? Listen, I know this is old fashioned. I know this is not, not so up to date with the modern uh, teaching and preaching today but can I tell you this is the Word of God that you cannot have two crops growing in your heart at the same time. One will overtake the other. Amen? You can't have the Word and the world at the same time. I wish I could get a better amen. See this, this thorny ground is the picture of the one who's trying to hold on to God with one hand and still maintain a hold on the world with the other, with the other hand. See, thorns choke the seed because, listen to me, because it's allowed, the, the thorns are, are allowed to coexist with the seed. There's, a, there's a, a word today that we hear a lot of, coexist. Can't we all just coexist? Can I tell you something today that the Word of God will not and cannot coexist in your heart with the things of this world. 
the Word of God will either drive the things of the world out of your life or the things of the world will drive the Word of God and choke the Word of God out of your life. We've got to make up our minds today as born-again, blood-washed believers that it's Jesus or nothing. Amen. We can't have both. Hallelujah. The Bible still tells us that we've got to come out from among the world and we've got to be separate. He will not. God will not share His love or Lordship with anything or anybody else. He must be first and foremost in everything in our life. Everything in our life. Amen. This group here actually did bear fruit for a while, but by allowing the things of the world to come in, it choked out the Word, and it said they became unfruitful, and they lost their way. There were things in life that were more important to them. Help me, Jesus. I always tell the Lord, Lord, let me preach something that would really make everybody feel good. Well, if you'll put this to practice, you'll feel good. Amen? If you'll act on the Word and obey the Word, you'll feel good. Amen? Maybe a little rough right now, but it'll get better. There were things that were more important in their life than God and His Word. I know you've heard it before, but it's true that anything that you or I love more and fear more and serve more than we do God is an idol in your life. And idolatry is a sin. God claims first place. Jesus is to be your Lord. Does anybody know, does anybody have a problem with what that word Lord means? And can I tell you something this morning? Either Jesus is your Lord or Satan is your Lord. You can't serve two masters. Jesus said you can't serve two masters. Amen. Jesus said there's only two ways. There's a straight and a narrow, and there's a broad way that leads to destruction. There's only two ways. I know, you know, Morgan was talking about the, the Hindus and the Buddhists. And, and you know, there's teaching today in the, in, in the Muslims. You know, Sister Michelle was in Pakistan, a lot of Muslims. And there's teaching today that, that everybody just doesn't matter what they believe, that they can believe in Allah or they can believe in Buddha or they can believe in, in any of these other gods. And all these ways, you know, I think Oprah teaches this, all these ways will lead to heaven. They say Jesus cannot be the only way. Jesus is not the only way, but every, every religion has a way and leads to God. That many paths lead to God. Oh, help me. I know, I know I've preached it before, but we got to keep bearing down on it. There's only one way. There's only one way. There's only one way. And His name is Jesus. Amen. Oh, we need to pray for those. We need to pray for the Muslims and pray for the Hindus and pray for the Buddhists and pray for those in other religions. But thank God for these that are going to those countries and sharing the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ with them and leading them the right way. If every religion led to heaven, we wouldn't need the missionaries. If everybody was going to automatically be saved, we wouldn't need to spend the 
money to send people to foreign countries to preach the gospel. But the fact is there's only one way. And there's millions of people, as you heard this morning, in those nations who have never heard the name of Jesus, who've never heard the gospel message. We've got to send out the light and spread the word and sow the seed. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. We've got to do it. We've got to do it. There cannot be a rival crop in your heart. If you try to grow a crop among weeds, if you try to bear the fruit of the Spirit among weeds, the weeds are going to win. The thorns are going to dominate. Anybody done any gardening? You know what I'm talking about. Amen you got to work hard to keep that healthy plant going and growing and fertilizing and growing. That old weed, you don't have to do nothing to it. It'll just take over. If you don't, if you leave it alone and don't do something about it, it will take over. That's the way that it is with the Word of God. We have so many churches today that are trying a seed thorn program to appeal to the carnal and the worldly people. We're telling the people you can have the Word and still have the thorns. But I'm telling you, it won't work. The thorns choke the seed. Jesus said the thorns multiply and overpowered the seed. They grew where the seed should have been growing. These were things that he said, Luke says, that they were choked with cares and with riches and with pleasures of life. You can read it for yourself. Jesus said in Mark, it's the deceitfulness of riches. It's money and money making. It's the, the idea of getting rich, getting rich. That is filtered into so many of our churches and so many of the lives of our preachers today. That everybody, everything's about making money. God wants to bless you. God wants to prosper you. But money making cannot be the number one thing in your life. Jesus has got to be number one deceitfulness Jesus said riches and wealth and making money is deceitful it'll pull you away from God if you will let it if you will allow it to money will master you if you don't master your money can I get an amen he said that's the deceitfulness of riches it's the cares of this life the pleasures of this life listen to me saints I'm not, I'm not here telling you that you can't enjoy some legitimate pleasures and things but you know what we can get to a place where even those legitimate pleasures things that within themselves are not sinful will take priority in our life over the things of God amen we get so involved in these cares that, they, that, that, that we don't have time to spend with God in the word in prayer or attending church and when we get to that place that these regular pleasures of life take more of our time that we don't have time for God listen to me it will choke the seed it will choke the word you can't be where you need to be with the Lord and love the pleasures of this world more than you love God And that's one of the things that the Bible said we would see an increase of in the last days. That they would be lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. It's an admonition of the Bible, of the Word of God, that we've got to love Jesus first and foremost. More than mother, more than father, more than our family, more than anything. Jesus has to have first place. Oh, we become so preoccupied with worldly carnal things that we lose interest in spiritual things. We can't allow that to happen. Don't let the thorns choke the word out. The 
then last of all, I'm going to close. Some fell among, fell in some good ground, some good soil. Oh, hallelujah. See, and that's, that's the key to the whole parable. That's the encouragement of the whole parable. All these other soils you're going to have. But what keeps us going and what keeps us preaching and what keeps us teaching and what keeps us pressing on? Amen? What, what keeps Morgan going back? It's because, yeah, there's going to be those soils that are not receptive. But it's this fourth one, this, 20, this, this 25% that is good ground, that that seed, if it's scattered, if it's sown, some of that seed is going to find some good ground. I'm encouraged today. I'm encouraged today that even though there are those here in this service that have tuned me out and turned me off, I know that there are, even though there are some that have a, a greater love for the world than they do for the Word, I know this much that there are some of y'all here today that have some good soil, that you're hungry for the Word, that you're receiving what's being said, that it's getting planted in your heart, and you're going to bear the fruit of it. Amen. It's going to bring about a change and a blessing in your life. Amen. Those sown on the good ground, the good ground, who heard the word, accepted the word, and they bore fruit 30, 60, and 100 fold. That first soil, there was no reception. That second soil, there was no root. That third soil, there was no room. But that fourth soil, there was no resistance to the seed. The seed was sown. Thank God for the good ground. I said, thank God for the good ground. Amen. And you're receiving that seed today. You want to be a fruit-bearing Christian, a fruit-bearing branch. And there's 30, some bore 30, some 60, some 100. But can I tell you something this morning, ladies and gentlemen? Can I tell you this, saints of God? Your goal, don't be, listen, listen. Don't sit there and say, eh, I'm more of a 30-fold Christian. I'm not really going all out for that hundredfold stuff. I, I, I make it through on a 30, okay, if God be happy with that. That's not what Jesus was saying. Amen. You can't sit there and say, well, you know, I used to be a 30, but I'm a 60. I'll just hold off right here on this 60-fold. I'll be good. No. What Jesus was saying there is the goal is, the goal is what Jesus requires, what He wants you to be and I to be. He wants a hundred out of you. He wants a hundredfold. He wants you to be a hundred percent Christian. Is anybody here? He wants you to have a, He wants you to bear a hundredfold fruit. Amen. Seeing what Jesus is saying. Now there's some that are 30-fold. There's some that are 60. But never be satisfied. Never get to the place where you're satisfied with where you are. Where you're satisfied being a 30 or a 60. The goal for your life must always be that I want to be a 100-fold believer. See what Jesus, yeah, what Jesus is talking about here is spiritual growth and development not to be content to remain where we're at but to continually grow to continually grow
In John 15, 5, Jesus said, I am the vine, you're the branches, and he who abides in me and I in him does what? Bears much fruit. He didn't say he bears 30-fold fruit. He bears 60-fold. No, he that abides in that vine and the vine in him bears much fruit. The process, there's a process in being a hundred-fold Christian. And can I tell you that process of being a hundred-fold Christian is not always easy to arrive at. It is a lifelong process. You're not going to get saved today and be a hundred-fold Christian tomorrow. You've got to grow every day, every day, every day. That's why prayer is important. That's why daily Bible reading is important. That's why regular church attendance is important. You're becoming, going from 30 to 60 at a goal of a hundred-fold child of Almighty God to be all you can be for Jesus it's a lifelong process and it includes some purging and it includes some pruning and Jesus said that every branch in me that does not bear fruit God takes it away the father the husband takes it away and every branch that does bear fruit what happens the father prunes it and purges it so that it will may may bear bear and bring forth more fruit the only way that's why that's why there's not a lot of hundredfold believers because there's a process of trimming and there's a process of pruning and all the dead stuff has got to be clipped away and cut away come on amen those dead branches got to be pruned the flesh has got to die self has got to die the old man's got to be kept crucified amen and it takes some purging and some pruning to be a hundredfold child of God But that's what we got to be. Amen? Worship team, make your way back. You know what? Jesus always told folks the way it was, didn't he? Rich young ruler came to Jesus. said, Lord, what do I need to do to be saved and inherit eternal life? Boy, that'd been most pregnant. This is a rich dude. Rich dude. Rich guy. Coming to the, the Lord saying, I want inter- eternal life. What do I need to do? A lot of preachers today said, boy, we could really use him in our church. He, he could pay off our mortgage. We're going to let him in. We're going to tell him, you know, just slide on in, whatever. It doesn't matter. God understands. You don't have to, you don't have to sacrifice anything. But Jesus said, Jesus said, keep the commandments. And he said, well, which ones? He said, well, you know. He said, I've done that. He said, I've kept all the commandments. Thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not commit adultery. I've done all that. What do I lack yet? I've never heard a modern day preacher tell a rich person what Jesus is getting ready to tell this rich man. 
he's wanting to join Jesus' church. And Jesus said, go sell everything you got and give it all away to the poor and then come back and you'll have treasure in heaven and have eternal life. Come on, amen. My point is this, my point is this, is that Jesus was telling him, there's got to be some things that we sacrifice. Amen? There's got to be some pruning. There's got to be some cutting away. And I don't know about you. I, I'm pretty sure I do know about you because you're like me. And I know there's still some dead stuff in my life that the, that the Lord has to get, get me alone and start trimming and start cutting and start pruning those things out. And He does it for my good. And He does it for a purpose. And you know what that purpose is? So that I'll be more fruitful. So that I'll be more fruitful. You know, it's, it was said of Joseph. Joseph, when he received the blessing from his father, it said, Joseph is a fruitful vine that runs over the wall. He was a fruitful vine that flourished. He was a 100% fruit-bearing child of God. But look at the pruning. Look at the, the purging. Look at all he had to go through. You may be going through something in your life today, but I can tell you if you'll stay true to the Lord, if you'll remain faithful to God, if you'll let Him clip away that old flesh and that old dead stuff and circumcise your heart today, I'll tell you what, there'll be more fruit. You will be on your way to be a 100-fold fruit-bearing child of God. Submit to the process. Submit to the process. Submit to the process. Let's stand this morning.